everybody. How how are you doing there? You talking to everybody as the listeners or everybody as me, and I am a collective one person that represents the group. I was gonna say the listeners, but since you volunteered, how is the group doing? Um, I'll, let me check. Group, group, how you doing? There's no one in my room. It's just me. That's good. I hear your dogs barking though. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Onion got his cone off, so he's very happy. You named your dog Onion? Yeah. But he's the worst character in Steven Universe. No, he's an Onion Knight. Oh. Different kind of onion. Which one's the Onion Knight from? That's Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay. Or Game of Thrones. No, isn't he in? Uh, isn't there one in like Bloodborne or Dark Souls? Dark Souls. That's yeah. my third choice. That one. I think there's an Onion Knight there. That's the stupid one. I hate. <laughs> That's fair. So, before we were recording, um, Chad and I got into a debate, and it seems that we have very different opinions on what the superior race is. Oh, God, we really want to get into this. So, um, Chad, do you want to clear the airwaves and uh, explain your take? Yeah, the, the best race, the superior race, the one true race, is clearly the Iditarod, because it involves dogs. And see, this is the major disagreement, because my choice is the triathlon. Because I don't care how fast dogs can go. The, but there's no uh, ice or snow in the triathlon, Cameron. Okay, you have no idea how taxing it is on the human body. You have to have such a well-rounded physique to do the swimming and the bicing, bicycling, bicycling and the running. That's I, like I don't know why test. I should believe they're actually biking when there's so many ways to cheat bikes now. I mean, the whole uh, that thing in France that no one gives a shit about because Lance Armstrong got cancer. That's how that worked, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you can you can put motors and bikes that are hidden. There's, like, an industry that pe- people that do that. That was sought on the 60 Minutes, where you can't put a motor in a dog. Yeah, but the dogs don't even know they're racing. They just go forward. That's what's so great about it. They're having fun. But it, Everyone's it, no. having fun. There's, there yes. needs to be a spirit of competition. Like, like, work hard to do it. This This conversation is so frustrating. I don't know why we're not just talking about the whites and the blacks. Well, there's an answer there, and that, what's the fun in talking about that? <laughs> yeah. So this is opinions are cheap. It is. Um, that, was, that was my favorite laugh today. You just, you just got got me. It got me to laugh real good. That's good. Yes, scamp. I guess Drink that's what I do. I appreciate you. Okay. I bought wine from Target today. I don't normally do that because it's typically a fucking awful idea. But I was there, and I was looking for stuff for the house, and they didn't have it. I was like, well, I should at least get some booze. <laughs> I like how, so I, uh, I like how you, you leave the house to go do some like responsible adult activities, and you just kind of come back. It was like, yeah, they didn't have anything, so, so I have alcohol. Well, I was because I was in the mood to have wine because someone suggested it earlier in the week. I was like, you know, wine is good. I haven't had a good bottle of wine in a while. So I'm looking for the brands I like, and of course I don't fucking have them. And uh, I see one called Kung Fu Girl, and it's a Riesling. And I was like, well, you can't fuck up a Riesling. But it was bottled in Washington, so, you know, there's a little bit of iffiness there. But I like the art on it because it's black and white, and it's got a girl, and it looks like she's, like, wearing a kimono when she's about to do a wah. And there's some trees up above her, and it's, it's pretty. And uh, oh, sorry, it's not bad. It's called Kung Fu, and she's wearing a kimono? Yeah, Kung Fu Girl. Are you sure it's a kimono? Well, there's you only see, like, the sleeves of it. Are you, are you sure it's... I mean, isn't that kind of offensive to mix Japanese with Chinese stuff? I... Because it kind of I implies that all Asians are the same. Oh, my God. There, let me, let me find a picture of it. All right. I'm drinking Here, the... some Mountain Dew, because today is National Video Game Day... Yeah, you said that earlier, and it's still stupid. There, it's that picture up to the, off the side. And I'm adding um, vodka to the Mountain Dew to make it tolerable. Yay, Dude, that's the best way. Today, um, the Call of Duty beta starts. Oh, really? So I'm going to need my Mountain Dew hmm. fueling my KDA there. Call of Duty, 
Call of Duty beta cuck. Yes. Oh, you know I'm what? Not, not the. F- that's that's actually a very good episode title. If I can remember that. That is a good episode title. Also, I feel like there's a really easy joke you could do for pouring it up or something. I'm confused here. This picture you sent me, I'm just seeing like her hair. Yeah, no, it's her hair, and then her. If you zoom in, it's her hair, and I can't zoom in. Uh, it's a... click on it. It, it, it. You click on it, and it becomes bigger. No, it doesn't. Where are you? I'm on charlesmithwines.com slash kung fu girl rising. Oh, uh, let me let me enter that. Uh, yeah, it's big enough. You can see what's going on. It's her hair, and then the the the, the black off to the side oh. are her hands. That's not a kimono. That's a gi. I don't know fucking anything. It's it's okay. A gi is what you wear when you're doing lady. kung fu. Why would you? God. Okay. Why why would I know anything about kung fu? I I bought a wine because it said kung fu on it, and I was like, I want to be a kung fu girl tonight. Everyone was kung fu girling. Da 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 da. And so I'm drinking this now. And as far as Rieslings go, I've had way better, but it's tolerable. <laughs> that's that's the bottom line, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How about the flavor? Great. It's not as sweet as most Rieslings, which is normally fine. I don't like super sweet stuff like that in my booze. But I would expect it to be a little sweeter. That's got kind of a hint of like Chardonnay to it, which I'm usually not a big fan of. Okay, we just got a letter from a listener. Um, He sent me this picture. If it would go. Come, come on. Describe it to the class. Okay, it is a four-panel comic strip, and there is Jack Skellington going, ah, well, yes, and then a lady who looks like it could be a Jack Skellington bride or something. She's got stitches on her eyes. So, Jack, what about all the other worlds besides Christmastown? There's Eastertown, St. Patty's Town, and, of course, Valentine's Town. Ooh, we're getting saucy. Okay, and what about that one? She's pointing, and Jack's looking kind of concerned. He goes, oh, that's Flavortown. We don't talk about Flavortown. And there's a picture of a juggalo. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Dude. <laughs> That's the weirdest take. <laughs> what do you want from me? It's Guy Fieri. I know, but he looks kind of like that juggalo dude. You're ruining the joke, though. I made the joke better. No. That's not. He looks like Violent J. But, okay, you can't. That doesn't have anything to do with Flavortown, though. That's the joke. I, it's terrible, and so now I made it terrible, and it terrible times two equals funny. Uh I don't know why you're so exasperated. What, what, what was I supposed to do with that? Just, just, just tell the punchline word for word, and everyone yes. would be like, "Ha!" That's how jokes work. But as soon as you say Flavor Town, everyone expects Guy Fieri because he's because that's where he's from is Flavor Town, Carolina. Ah, uh, so, so. Did you have a topic for today, Chad? I want to talk about... I want to continue on the uh, the topic a little bit that we had last week with animation. Because I finished... We finished that episode, and then the following day, um, I was at my parents' place. We were eating supper, and we were having, like, a whiskey or doing whatever it is us alcoholics do after you eat. And uh, my mom had the remote. She's flipping through, and she... And Toonami had Dragon Ball Z Kai on. And she goes, oh, hey, look, remember this show? She turned it to Dragon Ball Z. And it was the episode where Goku and Frieza are fighting, and Goku has turned Super Saiyan. I was like, oh yeah, it's this show. I like the, I like the old Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z. And I noticed how little animation there was in Dragon Ball Z. There was a lot of stock images of the characters looking at each other, and sometimes they would zoom in on their face, and they'd be like squinting, and they're really angry. Their mouths would move a little bit. They'd talk. Um, but I, I feel like the first like three minutes of the episode... Nothing actually moved. It was just cameras panning. And it got me thinking of Ren and Stimpy, which is all hand animated as well. And it's just like there's never a dull fucking frame in any of the episodes we watched. And I don't that's, actually have a point to this. That's an interesting take, and you might change your opinion if you were to watch more Ren and Stimpy. Hmm. Um, there are actually a lot of episodes where they will have like one frame on the screen for a long time. Oh, really? And it will be like a uh, I, I think it works very well the first time, but the more rerun, reruns you watch, the more you notice the stuff. There's an episode where they're, like, out in space, and it's like a Buck Rogers kind of adventure, and they're, like, marooned. And there's a part where Ren's giving, like, a Captain's Log um, monologue speech, and 
during the whole speech, it's just him sitting in a chair with like a brain hat on, and the brain hat has like a tube that's collecting his thoughts as he narrates. But it's a very huh. cheaply animated scene that it looks funny, and he's telling funny things. But basically, the camera is very slowly like zooming in on one cell of animation. Ah, uh, you know what I mean. And it's one so of those I like, though... well painted background kind of things, or like there's a lot of detail. There's stuff to look at. There's stuff to listen to. But it's not like they're bouncing off the walls twenty four seven. Sure, I feel like the, the difference between the two then is context, right? Because it's a comedy show. If if he's doing something, if if, if the visual looks funny, even if it's not really moving, there's a joke there, and if he's doing voiceover that's funny, there's jokes there. Whereas with this Dragon Ball Z thing, it's supposed to be this really tense, like, stare-down. But at the same time, it's so obvious that nothing is moving. And there's just cutting between still images and zooming in a little bit on them. And it it, it, it kills, I think, the vibe of it, because it doesn't feel like they're twitching or getting ready to fight it. It feels like they're just frozen in place. Um, and you're not wrong. This is a stereotype with early anime that it's... It, it, the defining feature of anime is that it's cheaply animated. Like, that's the Speed mm-hmm. Racer thing, where there's a lot of um, inner monologue while <laughs> it zooms in on a driver's head, and they're talking very quickly. Right. Um, with Dragon Ball, part of the reason Dragon Ball Z does it is, of course, the budget, but it's also very faithfully recreating the manga, where manga panels are set up in a way where it's like, here's the shot while they talk. And here's sure. the shot. And they will just, like, use the comic as their storyboard. So, Which is interesting, but also not how you should adapt one medium to the other. Maybe. I um, think we maybe have talked about that, but I know I bitched about it with Hunter x Hunter when I was watching that. Yeah. Ha- have you seen uh, Godzilla... I'm sorry, Shin Godzilla? Uh, yes. Did you notice how there's a lot of scenes where the camera is stationary while the people talk? Yeah, I think there's some of that, especially when they're in like the uh, the big buildings and they're yeah. on like, like, the meetings so, and stuff. So this was directed by a guy that directs anime, and it's literally just the way you would frame a comic book panel of like the characters would stand here and talk, and like the way they storyboard out the movie and plan it out. Out of habit, they basically did it as if it was an animation, and they just had these rule of thumbs where it's like the characters don't need to walk all the time; just have them stand while they're talking. And in American cinema, you tend to see people walking through hallways during every single conversation. Yeah. So it's kind of different if you compare, <laughs> like, a, a modern American movie to that modern Godzilla movie where they're just standing around a lot. And it's it's almost jarring if you find the perfect example to juxtapose opposites there. Yeah, that, I guess I didn't notice it that much um, when I did see that movie. And I don't know if it's just because I'm somewhat normalized anime bullshit or if I was just kind of engrossed enough in what they were saying or it didn't affect me. Or if I just have not a way of noticing and I'm an idiot. Maybe but, that. Uh, yeah. Oh. It's funny because I, I started uh, season two of One Punch Man and everybody that I talked to is like season two is nowhere near as good as season one and part of it is the art style and animation changes. It, fe- it does feel like with the first two episodes that there is a bit less animation Character is not quite as on model, but I think that they're just a little stiffer. Like it's like they're missing some frames or something. It's not like glaringly obvious to me. I can kind of ignore it and enjoy the the dialogue and the characters yet. But it is it is something a little like a step back. I yeah no I understand that. Um, you were talking about One Punch Man, and it made me realize that. Have you seen the game? No. They put out a trailer for the game. It's. It's actually kind of clever how they handled it. So do you actually play as uh, Saitama? No. Um, that's good, because that would be boring. Well, that's the thing. The The premise of the story mode is that like a bad guy shows up to attack the city, and he's late. Oh, so really? So you play as like one of his friends, or other characters. Um, and th- in the corner, there's like a little like live news broadcast of him running very quickly to catch up to where the fight is. Oh, yeah, and, I'm looking at that now. That's really funny. Yeah, and, and the idea is you're not capable of defeating the boss, but the more damage you do and the better your combos are, the faster he runs. So okay. the idea is to survive the boss fight long enough that he shows up, and then you control him, and you're just you're invincible, and you just push a button to kill the enemy whenever you want to. 
That's clever. And it's like, you know, that's actually an okay way to do it. Because when they first yeah. announced this, I was like, whatever. But you, you just, you can't break that rule. Or the character right. doesn't function. Um, I remember when I watched, I, I might have talked about this too, but the first time I watched Ghost in the Shell, the anime, you know, there, it's another one where there's, there are parts where there's just not a lot of animation. And I wasn't expecting that out of what people really hold it to a high regard as far as, like, animated film. But I remember that, like, the there's a, a shot where they're in an elevator, they're going up or down or something, but the, they don't really move a lot in the elevator, and they're in the elevator for a long time because they're giving some exposition. And it's just like, why why has nothing moved? And then you go watch, like, a Ghibli movie where everything is just so alive and vibrant and moving around, and the grass is swaying and all this stuff, and there's always something new to look at on every every, you know, frame of that show that movie uh, it's just it, it's crazy the the discrepancies between them but they're all at the end of the day like hand animated and you get early spongebob was hand animated and cell uh cell drawn there was a um another cartoon that came to mind after we finished that ren stimpy show uh i really like the weird for the sake of weird sense of humor of invader zim Oh, sure. And I feel like that show also tried to be entertaining with its boring shots. Like, there are times where they have to exposition some plot, and so in the background they have Gur running around and doing something silly. Like, there, there's never, like, dull moments. Yeah, I remember, that was the thing that I think in early Family Guy 2 when they actually gave a shit about producing, like, a, a funny cartoon. Where, you know, the characters might be sitting down to talk about something, and there would, you know, Brian and Stewie would be in the background doing something stupid. There's, there's value there, you know? And, you, and then even just the, the act of separating the foreground from the background can add a lot of interest to a scene. Yeah. I um, And it's, it's funny, too, because it doesn't always have to be super expensive. It can be something basic. Right. Um, And... And going back to, like, Ghost in the Shell, typically when there's an elevator scene, you'll see things like lights passing by. Yep. In Evangelion, when the director, like, ran off with the money, the elevator scene doesn't have lights or anything. <laughs> oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. I, have you ever watched Evangelion? No, and I feel like I should at this point because it's on, like, Netflix and you can, you know, see it. I'd have to get a Netflix account, but... Oh, it's it's good. I'm surprised you haven't... um. Because that's kind of a classic. I remember I tried to watch watch it in high school. I downloaded an episode from some torrent site. But the file came preloaded with like different language settings. And I didn't have a, a player that could like switch between them. So it played all the languages at the same time. And it was unwatchable. Uh, and I was like, oh, I tried. So the original run of Evangelion was plagued by budget problems. But how they managed it was... They put the budget into the scenes that most needed it. Um, now, there is one enemy in particular that they just chose to not animate. <laughs> so it's just, that's what makes it spooky, is that it doesn't move. Um, so when they, even now that it's successful, and they did that like remake of it, now it animates in a very interesting way. But I kind of like the charm of the stupid diamond that just floats over and shoots lasers. Sure. Because I don't think there's anything actually wrong with it. I, I understand the backstory of how hard it was to make, but... <laughs> I think that the idea of something not moving... I was actually thinking of, like, a horror story to write and having that be, being part of it. It's like the monsters don't move. They just, like... It's like... They have, like, limbs or whatever, but the limbs are, like, frozen and they just kind of float. Because that'd be really fucking freaky to, like, to see. Do you know uh, the story of Sherlock Holmes and the spooky Watson? I thought you were going to say Darth Plagueis the Wise, but no. no. The creepy Watson. So there's this uh, Sherlock Holmes game where the <laughs> the developer was having such a hard time programming characters to walk that none of the NPCs walk. Oh, geez. So the idea is you're Sherlock Holmes and you show up at the scene of a crime and you investigate it. So it's just like the witnesses or whoever are standing in their places and you can walk up to them and ask some questions. Um, but the one thing they wanted to work was Watson to follow you around. So the workaround is if at any time you break eye contact with Watson, he teleports behind you. 
So the illusion is you walk from one room into the next one and turn around and Watson's there and you assume that he followed you. Okay. But it turns into this thing where if you keep your eyes on him and walk backwards and walk all the way backwards down a hallway and then step sideways into the room and turn slightly to the left and then he's standing there just staring at you. And it's it's just funny kind of... I mean, I, I applaud them for trying to do a fix for something that they couldn't fix. But it also shows how like bad the game was. Sure. But it's also like it. You know, sometimes you just gotta run with a fix. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you got effort. budget constraints, you got time constraints. I'd rather that they have Watson there doing that instead of no Watson at all. You know. Yeah. It helps a little bit. Um, you see me a Family Guy thing? I'm not sure. It just is it the fact that they're just not moving around much when they're having this conversation? Yeah. So this is a a clip of Family Guy that shows how the animation works. Where this is like a minute long conversation, and they have like five different mouth frames, and three eyeball frames, and two hand frames, and they just kind of cycle between them super cheaply. Yeah, and it's just that's what that's what it is now. That's fine. It, yeah, I mean, I could be misremembering some of Family Guy too. It's been a while since no, I've the, seen it. The earlier ones, they were like there was effort. Um, I just they, remember, like, when he, Peter fights the chicken for, like, yeah, five minutes, so and that, it's like, there's a lot going on here. That's the thing. With this episode, where there's, like, a total of 18 animation frames that they just loop on a loop. Yeah. Later, there's a scene where something more complicated happens, and that's where the budget went. Yep. So they do things like, here's a chicken fight, or here's a huge, like, CGI Lord of the Rings battle, but that's going to be a 30-minute gag later. Or a thirty-second gag. It's very noticeable in anime sometimes. Or like you get off of an episode that had like a lot of fighting, and then the next episode, like the you know the the lull in the action, and it's just a lot of standing around and static stuff, and then just like, well, yeah, I guess they spent a lot of time on the previous episode, and they have to rush this one because they're behind. And there's, I don't know, does it does it take you out of it a bit when you notice kind of the seams of of how something's put together like that? Well. It doesn't have to. I think, uh, you know, one of my favorite animators is the team that worked on Popeye. Okay. And one of the interesting stuff they would do is they would actually, like, sculpt out of 3D materials, like clay and things. And they would actually, like, make a whole set and then run the animation frames through the set so that you got a 3D effect. So, like, I mean, I think you've seen this where, like, Popeye's walking through a cave and it's lit interestingly and you see around the stalactites that are passing in front and everything, and it looks very natural and amazing. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it that much. Popeye was never, like, a big favorite of mine. There's also Popeye cartoons where there's, there's like, a still shot of the city, and he's running through looking for olive oil, and you can see everything that he's going to interact with because those are all the objects that are not shaded. Yep, like there's yep. a car that's very detailed except for one door that's just like a flat yellow and he's going to walk up and open the car door and close it and you see it coming because it sticks out. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that a um, lot with like old Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry. Yeah, and one of my favorites is when uh, like in anime this happens a lot where if a character is far away they're drawn a lot less detailed Yep, and people have started to look for those shots and like zoom in on them to see how goofy they look. Because it's just like a smiley face or something. Um, that's um, that's something that I was also gonna wondering if we could transition the the conversation to his character design. Uh, anime characters, a lot of them are weirdly complicated, and like the design is just like, oh yeah, it's an anime. But I don't know why they would do that to themselves and have to actually hand draw animate some of these characters. Like, why give them that detailed of clothing or that many just buckles and ribbons and frills or whatever you know yeah it's busy to look at and then it's more work for everybody else like i I feel like it you know less is less is more yeah it typically is i'm looking Uh, for that popeye scene um so less is more and like you said you wanted to talk about character design specifically yep um that's something to think about with animation but I feel like sometimes this happens a lot in anime where it'll start as a comic book that no one planned on animating. And oh, then I don't it's like, like that picture. <laughs> later it turns into, oh no, this is hard to animate. 
There's a there's a, a character from ReZero named Felix that is like ridiculously uh complicated in design. And I I don't know why. And I'm trying to find copy image location. There we go. Yeah, what I see you didn't work. Uh try this one. <laughs> <laughs> the, okay so you sent me a so, picture of felix i sent you a picture of felix the the cat guy who cross dresses because anime um and if you look at this character it's I, it's so fucking busy there's multiple bows in the hair with the ears uh a choker that ends in a like a medallion with with stuff uh the top he's wearing is kind of like a bra top with lace around it and then vertical lines and then there's more lace underneath and it just it's that level of complicated from top to bottom and this character becomes important enough obviously because there's a lot of busy design work that's how you can tell it's an important anime character but they have to animate this character and it's like why the fuck did you do this this is well, not exactly pleasing to the eye for one it's just too much shit to look at oh i i disagree i think this is all actually really important to the character because the whole point is about dressing up to be girly, so you need ribbons, you need layers of lace, you need um like as much fluff and fun as possible. Because that's how it, you learn stuff about the character by looking at them. I don't disagree with that. I just feel like they could have like dialed it back twenty percent and still got that effect, and then it would have been easier to animate. And you wouldn't have to have so many still shots of the characters, you know, with the mouth just moving. Maybe I mean, there's also the. Sometimes with motion and stuff, you tend to lose those details anyways. So he can look a lot better when he's still and then in movement, you know, some of the layers of ribbons kind of blend together and you skip out on some of the lines. Yes, I, I suppose. and I don't know. I, I was just trying to think of, like, what's a busy-looking anime character? That one came to mind pretty quick. There's probably tons more from more Shonen stuff. I know, because then I think I like Yu Yu Hakusho, and or any any anime where the characters are mostly wearing like, at least the male characters, like their their school uniform is largely a button button up T shirt or, or dress shirt and uh, pants, and it's like it's so easy to do that, and I know they do that because it's easy, but at the same time, like if you get the colors right, I feel like you can just kind of work with it and it's fine. Yeah, yeah, Sora is a one that's just. God fucking awful to look at. Sora's Jesus a good example. Christ. Do you think that's Sora? Oh no, it isn't, is it? Who the fuck <laughs> is this? I like how you see an ugly character design with baggy pants and go, oh yeah, Sora's awful. I don't even know what Sora looks like. So, this is, um, shoot, what's his name? I just like. He's from it. Tactics, right? Yeah, he's from, he's from like a Final Fantasy spinoff game. His sword is like a glass and crystal pizza cutter yep he has like five la layers of levels of clothing that do not match at all his boots have like the whitest rims on them they're, yeah they're they're white and extremely wide his his anime beret is fighting his anime hair and i can't wait to see who wins <laughs> he's got like bags over his satchel and under his satchel there's a bag I like how red his, his beret is, too. Like, it's just, like, everything else is somewhat muted colors. There's, like, a maroon on his pants. And then the, the, his his hat is just vibrant, vibrant cherry red. It's like, why? And then, I know Buckles is a big one, too. Wait, what's a character with a shitload of fucking Buckles? Oh, that lady from Final Fantasy X? Yeah, I think so. I, I typed an anime character, Buckles, and I'm getting a lot from, uh... Tales of Symphonia. Symphonia? Yeah, Tales of Symphonia. See, now I like the design in Tales. Um, it's a little out there, but they try to be concise with like at least the number of colors. <laughs> like, you can recognize a character quickly. It's not jarring to look at anyone. Yeah. Um, so, that was one of the things that brought this up, is people... I was, I was reading people dis discuss... Uh, Transformers, the Michael Bay ones, and how weirdly visually jarring and nonsensical a lot of the uh, the Transformers are in the Michael Bay movies. 
especially the Decepticons, where it kind of looks like they just crinkled up some aluminum foil and were like, there, that's what the monsters will look like. Yeah. Because someone had a, a picture of all four of the main Decepticons side by side, and you cannot tell which is which or why or anything. Yeah, did you watch uh, Bumblebee? Uh, I did not, but I was told that that was a lot better. Well, you can also tell who the characters are. Yeah. Like, you, not just you can tell them apart, but like when you see one from a distance, you recognize who they are. Um, because they weren't afraid to use color and shape. Which, if you know anything about character design, color and shape are factors. Oh yeah, they're super important. And Michael I mean, Bay doesn't like, know that you know, yet, so... Like the silhouette thing, right? Like you can see a silhouette of any of the Overwatch characters and you immediately know who it is. Because they're shaped for it. Yeah. That's actually why... This... <laughs> I'm sorry, who? Who is this bottom character you sent that's holding the Google? That's that character from Final Fantasy X with all the belts. That character is awful. Um, her name is Lulu. So Lulu's got like a, a brown coat cloak thing on with white trim, and f- that's fine. But then it's like she's the front half of it looks like a skirt just made out of random belts. Yeah, her. And I don't know her dress is would... literally made out of like thirty belts. Yeah, it's like why would you get who designed that? Whoever did should be slapped. Or promoted. Or or promoted. To head of Final Fantasy art design for the next ten years. I, You know, one of my favorite things about um, them announcing Terry for Smash Brothers is all of the people, like, foaming at the mouth that it wasn't Sora. And it kind of dawned on me that there's not a lot of characters that I don't want to see, but I kind of don't want to see Sora... <laughs> Smash Brothers right now. Yeah, I am so disinterested in in Kingdom Hearts three that I cannot finish the game. I spent like twenty years looking forward to it, and I'm burnt out now. What's frustrating is that of the characters possible, I feel like Sora. Sora's pretty likely now that you mention him. Yeah, I, he's up there on the popularity polls. Um, he's doing better than some of the other ones people bring up. Like Doom Guy, I don't think will make it, but I think Doom Guy would be a good like me fighter. Doom guy would be cool, but yeah, I don't. He doesn't. And a lot of people are it. are kind of on that same page that he doesn't need a full move set. If they acknowledge it with a me fighter, like all he does is run around and shoot, anyways. So yeah, maybe that's not he the could... worst thing in the world. Uh, he could have a neat move set though. I mean, he's got enough guns and abilities. Honestly, I would I rather know. he would be a like an assist trophy, and then they give Bomberman a character slot. Like That'd be sw- kind of cool. Swap places that way, you know. Yeah, I feel like you could do a lot more with Bomberman. Um, I sent you a picture of a Yu-Gi-Oh character. Yes. And I think this is a real character, not a, a, a you know, a bunch of them stuck together. Yeah. Um, but it's awful. <laughs> yeah, he's from the uh, the fourth series where everything's AR instead of holograms. Okay. Which feels like a technological step backwards. It really does. Because it makes it more practical and less fantastical. <laughs> His hair is stupid. Um, but also in Even that by series, Yu-Gi-Oh standards. like, monsters were real. Oh, really? Like, the heart of the cards was, like, literally a spirit that he could see. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh's bad. I got, like, Wait, four episodes into that one. He elbow pads on. Yeah. Why? Amine. There you go. But yeah, he he's, he's got a really busy design, but the, my big problem is he looks like he has a Dragon Ball Z scouter up on top of his head, and then he's got, like, these weird tufts of, like, red hair that come out kind of of his forehead, like, fucking giant spiky insect antenna. <laughs> and, uh, I don't... It's one of those things, and they're weird color, they're not just normal, they're just, they're, they're pink. And I don't, I don't know why someone was like, I'm gonna put all of this weird DeviantArt bullshit together and be like, we're gonna invest millions of dollars in this and make a TV show. How about Warcraft? You remember questing from Warcraft? Oh man, I remember the armor net. Yeah, what you sent me, the you look like a fucking clown kind of thing after you get through like the first area of the Burning Crusade because everything's just the weirdest fucking colors. Yeah, it's like there are these complete sets, but it's like you get the boots from this quest and then you level up and go to the next zone so you get the blue pants. And by the end, you're you're not quite a rainbow, but you're seven colors. I remember... <laughs> Uh, it was later on in Burning Crusade, we, I was level 70, and I was trying to put a healing set together, and I was tanking some five-man, and, uh, 
a really nice blue dropped that was way better than what I had for healing. And I, they were shoulder pads. So I picked them up. I put them on to see what they look like. And they they were like these really spiky feathers that went straight up in the air. But they were also like, I think, a really bright blue and yellow. And none of my other gear was anywhere near that color. It was all like brown. And I was like, this is horrible for so many reasons. Like, even by World of Warcraft standards, these are awful, ugly shoulder pads. Yeah. I but like, I used um, them. I, there, was a, there was a costume contest on Final Fantasy fourteen, And so what I did was I made the, like, the Outlands clown suit. Oh, really? Like, I got full plate armor, but I dyed all the pieces wrong colors. Nice. So I looked like that. And it was really fun because everyone else was like, I'm the Joker... And someone else comes out and it's like, "Oh, I'm the, I'm the Heath Ledger Joker." <laughs> and like, oh, I'm 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 Cloud, and I'm I'm Sephiroth, but with a short sword. I couldn't get the long one. And then I walked out with the clown suit, and someone immediately like shouted, "Like Outlands!" <laughs> <laughs> I guess that you know that that's its own thing though, right? Like they recognized it. Yeah. So, I think um, there's an important part of design that you have to like see a character and immediately be interested in them. And like you said, Overwatch yeah. is a great example. Like they design all the characters to be cosplay bait. because yep. most of the default costumes are interesting, but also like achievable. <laughs> like, oh, I could do that. I just yeah, need I, mean, like, I could cosplay as May. Like she's basically just wearing a blue parka or whatever that kind of code yeah, is called dude i love going to blizzcon and there's so many overwatch characters just walking around that it's kind of neat to just see like soldier 76 walk in you know sure because it's so easy for people to nail the costume and there's there's really like those superstars but even the ones that fall a little bit short look great yeah and that's definitely a, a tantamount to good design i know we've been talking about a lot of uh, anime and kind of that that stuff those kind of video games. So I'm wondering, like, Overwatch is is uh, United States, uh, but are, are there any like cartoon characters that come to mind as far as like this is really good character design, or this is something that stands out to you that as far as that is you know Western animation instead of Eastern? Well, I mean, I've only barely started it, but I really like the character design in Gravity Falls. Yeah, Gravity they're Falls all, is an awesome character it's, design. It's that very simple Spaghetti Arms CalArts thing that's popular now, but with heart, which is the key part, Um, the characters look good. They look interesting. Yes. You can look at someone and discern things from them, you know? Yeah. I think that's important. Um, Man, I was watching a show, uh, a YouTube video the other day on like the evolution of SpongeBob's art design. That I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it started off kind of saying like a lot of uh, cartoon characters up to that point and what we, we find visually pleasing to the eye are not like rigid shapes or squares, but you know, circles, smoother curves, stuff like that. And then SpongeBob is a square. And so he's he's very different than what we would, you know, expect from a cartoon character uh, because of that. But then just his change over time from season to season where his eyes get bigger, his, his eyelashes get bigger, his cheeks get bigger, so he looks cuter. Um, and how, you know, if you look at season one Spongebob and season, like, eight Spongebob, they're clearly the same character, but they're also pretty different. And it's it's interesting, because I, I, I guess I'm more predisposed to, like, the first couple seasons of Spongebob, so I feel like his earlier designs are better, they're a little more proportioned correctly, and I feel like Especially with season two, they they do a lot of fun stuff with his his face and make it really expressive. You know, they don't contain it to him. They can make it big and small and squish it. Um, okay, so I, I did a quick Google of good character designs, and one of the first ones that popped up was Spider-Gwen. Oh, yeah. That's a cool design. <laughs> she just looks neat. Like, I've literally... She looks really cool. I've never read a Spider-Gwen book, but it's like, I'll see covers, and it's like, I'll just buy that. I'll, I don't you know, even that'll know how, go like, on the wall, you know? Like, she's got the the hood, like, like from, like, a hoodie, which is neat. I don't know how practical it is, but it looks fucking cool. The, doesn't she have spider sense? I think so. So who cares? I guess. But it's one of those things, like, you know, if you're designing a costume and you have, like, some fabric that can fall away and flap around or whatever, someone could grab and yank. Most of these are 
Eastern designs. Oh, so one of my favorite artists online, uh, Hushabai Valley. Have I shown you any of that stuff? I'm not sure. It sounds a little familiar. I oh, I bloody love her designs. She has this uh, gray knight character that I just adore. Where, oh, where could I find it? I know there's a Tumblr page here. Well, I, I like a lot of garbage on Tumblr. This is hard to <laughs> sift through. Do, 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 do. Um, so I believe this is a Swedish artist, but it's very, um, like, Eastern-inspired style. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Well, she has a lot of good stuff, but I want to show you the one character I like. Boop, boop, boop. I like Timmy Turner's design. Fairly odd parents with his pink hat. And I know, like, I think the reason he went pink is that he was going to make it a blue hat, and then the, the marker was, like, out of ink, so he used whatever one was closest. Yes, I heard that. But I also, like, I don't know, it, it's just a very distinct thing to to give that character, and it it's his marker, you know, you, you see a, a sea of cartoon characters, and you can find Timmy I, right away, because he's got a pink hat. I love that, and I love when they'll point out his stupid pink hat, like, in the show. Yeah. Um. I Yeah, I really, I like the charm of that show. That's actually a good example of good character design. So, I clicked on what you sent me. Uh, this was pretty cool. It's very, like, I like how grimy it looks. Yeah. She um. looks... Like tired and dirty. Yeah, she does. In She's a way that it's like it's armor, gray armor. It's understanding that um, like maybe she's seen some stuff. <laughs> I, I think horror is an interesting thing where where, where design work is really important. And oh, and one of the so one of the big ones like Slenderman comes to mind, right? It just like the idea of he's kind of tall and he's got some like weird she- weirdly sheet proportions. He's very dark, more of a silhouette, but you can tell he's wearing a suit. Like, that, that's all, like, really good stuff that, you know, it just, sorry, my phone's ringing. Who is it? Incoming call. Let's find out. Hello? 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 You call me again within the next two months, I'm going to cancel Charter. I'm, it is late o'clock. I, I'm so mad. Goodbye. God, I fucking hate my ISP. I'm sorry, did you just exhale oxygen like everyone else? Yeah. <laughs> I exhaled oxygen in an angry fashion. Ooh, horsey. Yeah, I love her, like, sickly horse, too. I really, yeah, it's a unicorn, but it's got a very, like, damaged unicorn horn. It's a unicorn? Yeah, look, you can see the horn. Where? Or is that an ear? That's an ear. Oh, those are those are ears. It's a horse. It's a horsey. Get your head out of the gutter. Sorry. Yeah, this, this, these are cool designs. Um, yeah, horror stuff before my ISP interrupted us, which is horrific right. in its own route. I'm going to switch. I, I, was, I was lying. I'm going to switch anyways. But maybe they won't call me for a while until I do. Um, the, uh, the the xenomorph alien, you know, from, from the, the titular alien. I love the design work on that creature so much. This big old banana-shaped head. and the- It's perfect mouth inside the mouth like fuck me that is such a good good monster i think every time i see like variations on it it's like eh, it's a step backwards yeah maybe i think you know i think the only time i like a a slightly mixed up one is like in that first alien versus predator movie the one that gets like the hatch mark scars on it oh that one's cool whenever i see that one it's like oh i like that one but it's basically the same alien but with battle damage you know yeah well, I feel like the problem with the creature is that it's been around so long that it's not really scary anymore, and so it's like, how do we how do we do something just do enough to be kind of frightening and disturbing? Right. Uh, and it's that's really hard to do. So I like the creature's um, so perfect. Uh, is it? Uh, what's that horror game? It's the asymmetrical one. Um, I feel like there's a handful that that could be. It's like Dead Before Daylight, or. Something like that before uh, dawn. Yeah, what is that called? Dead daylight. Let's see if I just type that in if it autocorrects. Dead by daylight. Dead by daylight could is be. Is it a asymmetrical survivor horror game developed yeah. by Behavior Interactive? So I love the character design in that game because they have some original characters and then they have some like licensed movie characters. 
And my favorite character to play as is uh, the pig from Saw. Oh, looking at him right now. She's got this amazing design where it's just that creepy pig mask where it's just like a pig's head with like long black hair. And that alone is just scary to look at where you do not want to mess with whoever's wearing that mask. Yeah, I mean, if I saw someone wearing a scary pig mask with long black hair, I would dip the fuck out. I also love um, Michael Myers from um, from Shrek. He's scary. <laughs> um, he's fun to play. They So they have, like, each of the bad guys basically has their own, like, gimmick. Okay. And his is, you, you pick one person to fixate on, and what you do is you actually get stronger the more you just make eye contact with them. So oh, that's cool. the idea is you just stand around a corner and stare at them while they're like trying to escape the dungeon and like they're solving the puzzles or whatever. You just stand in a window and watch them from outside, like how he does in the movie. And the more you do that, the stronger you are. And if you kill the other people and let that person live, you get stronger. So the idea is you pick one person and then you isolate them and then that's how you win. And I love that it leans into how the flow of the movies go. Yeah. Um, you can play as Freddy Krueger, and it has nice. like nightmare rules where the typical game rules are all twisted a little bit. So like the exits don't work normal, and the traps don't work the same, and like there are things that he can do that the other characters can't, and it's kind of interesting. But what's neat with the Saw girl, uh, when you play as the pig, um, she doesn't actually kill people. What you do is you you pin somebody down and you put the uh, reverse bear trap on them. And they have to find a key and get out of the bear trap, or it kills them. Oh, okay. But the the plus side is that you can like run faster. That's pretty cool. So it's like you're going around and you're like chasing people down. Like I think part of character design can be things like what are they carrying, and then how are they going to approach a situation? Maybe that's more like character, uh, not not so much design like visually, but you know the, how the character thinks and acts and stuff. But yeah, just like oh, this character would do this, and everybody knows that because they're familiar with the piece of pop culture and that i mean it all comes together if you're trying to make a good character um i have two things i wanted to talk about first is as far as horror goes the one i sent you the gideon falls is a yeah. comic by jeff lemire and i love the ghoul monster that uh sh- is, shows up throughout the series just because he's fucking creepy he has this big smile it's way too big really tiny beady eyes there's always a lot of red and then black and it's I think a really, really great just, it's just creepy, and it's usually like, you know, like, in a in a window, but kind of recessed a bit, a little bit behind the window, like, a foot or so back, like, it's looking at you, but it just doesn't want to be seen, but the lighting just, you know, lightning flash, oh no, there's something in the window. Um, I think that's great, and then, the other one is The Simpsons. I, I, I think The Simpsons have really good character designs, like, yeah, everybody in that show. I like, um, that early concept where uh, Homer was going to be Krusty the Clown. Oh, really? You've never heard that? No. Okay, That so that was an early idea, was that Homer was Krusty the Clown, and like that was his night job, was to film those cartoons. Or the show, I guess. Sure. I, I'm glad um, they didn't do that. And the, the idea was that Bart worships Krusty, and then like doesn't think highly of his dad and his dad like has to keep it a secret for some reason and i think they kind of they kind of realize that like there's no reason to keep that a secret so they just kind of like abandon that because it's a little too spot on i remember when south park did something similar to that joke where randy marsh beat was lord he was just like making all our songs in his garage with his guitar and then yeah i really like that i wish they would bring that back like i want that to continue being like south park canon (laughs) Because it's really funny to me. South Park's got pretty good designs, too. Here, so you pretty can see... Um, simple. They, they did this episode where Homer became a clown, specifically to play off of the fact that they look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, actually, when I first looked at that, I thought the, I thought I, I got them mixed up. I was like, oh, that one's got to be Homer. And then I looked at the hair, and I was like, nope, I'm wrong. Because <laughs> they they were drawn the same in the beginning. I think that first season, they weren't decided yet. And at some point, oh, okay. they're like, uh, let's make them a different person. They become very different characters, too, so I'm glad they Oh, they, they do. That. I mean, <laughs> Homer becomes a very different character. 
Yeah. In that first season, he's like a responsible parent. Do you remember the one where they go to the office party? And at the office party, like, both the kids are brats, and then Marge gets drunk and embarrasses everyone, so Homer drives them all home. That's familiar. But it's also, like, that's the only time where Marge got drunk and was an embarrassment. Yeah, then they they don't really do that again. And now it's just Homer is stupid for no reason at all times. Instead of, like, a family sitcom, it's like he's a clown. Yeah. I feel like like King of the Hill handled that better, where like Peggy Hill would embarrass people, and then Hank Hill would embarrass people, and Bobby Hill would embarrass people, and they felt like this this family that like they got each other and they're together, but well, there's yeah. In King of the Hill, they're all human beings. Yeah. And in The Simpsons, they they start as human beings and they turn into cartoon characters, and then they turn into stereotypical archetypes. Yeah, that happens with SpongeBob too. And now they're kind of like parodies of themselves oh okay here's a good one you like spongebob right i do do you remember that knockoff that uh cartoon network tried to push or not cartoon network this was wb oh no coconut fred's fruit salad island i've never heard of that so coconut fred is a silly coconut and his best friend's like a, a stupid banana and he lives next to a grumpy watermelon and there's, like, nothing else to the cartoon at all. Okay, so I just loaded this up, and this is weird. Well, yeah, I can definitely tell this is supposed to be Squidward. And that's Spongebob. And there we go. Yeah, I, I guess this probably didn't last very long. Nah. And you can probably see why. Yeah, I wonder how many seasons it got. Probably just the one. Just the one. Um, this isn't character design, but on the topic of really bad shows, um, have you ever seen The Nut Shack? No. Oh, got two seasons. No, it didn't. That's awful. Wait, the, the seasons were really, looks like they only had like ten episodes apiece. <laughs> the seasons were one episode. <laughs> so the, the second season was even shorter than the first. That's good. So it only had seven episodes. Yeah, you sent me something new. The Nut Actually, this might be the the closing song today, is the Nut Shack opening. This is familiar. I feel like I have seen this before. It, <laughs> I hate the animation so bad. It's very jerky. Like, they're missing some frames. It's just, <laughs> it's not good. Was this, what was this on? Was it on Cartoon Network or something? I don't think it was Cartoon Network. Um, CBN? No, it definitely wasn't. That's weird. I feel like it's too, it's almost like... Weirdly vulgar? Yeah. I feel like this would be like MTV, maybe? It's one of those things where I feel like um, somebody put their hat on backwards and said, Hello, fellow kids. I'm also from the streets. It's a Filipino-American adult animated sitcom. The series ran on MYX-TV for two seasons. I'm guessing that's my with the Silent X. First in 2007 and the second in 2011. You didn't assume it was Mix? Oh, no, that makes more sense, doesn't it? I think that's like a Latin MTV. Why, why don't they... Whatever. Critical reception of the show is very negative. <laughs> <laughs> Criticizes the poor animation, unfunny jokes, and poor writing. Although the show has a limited cult following. Hey, we should stop giving like bad things cult followings. What no. What if we stop rewarding good things? <laughs> no. I, dude, honestly, I kind of wish they're not fixing Sonic because I, I'm looking forward to... Um, the revival that will come in 20 years where people like the Sonic movie. <laughs> I want. The, I hope the Blu-ray of that movie has two versions on it. One with the new version, one with the old version. I hope that the. I hope the Blu-ray just comes with a coloring book where it's just it's like every frame, of like important scenes, and there's just like a white spot that you can draw your own Sonic. That, they used to do that, didn't they? No, but I think this movie warrants it. Yeah, no, I feel like that's a thing I've seen before where like. Here you go, draw your own thing. Like, make your own product that you bought. Which was a joke in Family Guy when, when Brian wrote a self-help book, but there was like a hundred blank pages that you could write your own stuff in. Or that um that Mario Maker cover art. Yeah, that's still funny. We're just Mario. Honestly, the idea of, of writing a self-help book, but then including pages for like the, the owner to, to scribble in to see how, like, like keep a journal or something. It's fucking brilliant, because it's like, oh, you wrote half a book, and then they, they have to write the other half, and then you sell them a full book. So, you know what's more clever than that? 
you know how on Amazon you can like self publish? Yep. Um publish a book where all the pages are blank and call it a notebook and use copyrighted <laughs> images you don't own and make money. Cuz a lot of people do that. Oh really? Yeah, it's actually very hard to find um like Star Wars fan fiction cuz you look up Kylo Ren and Rey and you just find a bunch of notebooks that don't have stories in them. Oh weird. That's annoying. Yeah. I know. That's one of those things. Hey Amazon, use humans instead of computers to no, you know, Amazon, stop taking our humans. I'm just saying, like, there's a way to fix that problem, but no, it just involves, leave that like, problem. Not... <laughs> stop abducting you know. our humans. You said it's annoying. Yeah, it's annoying, but I'd rather not have more human slave labor sifting through Star Wars fan fiction for my convenience. I don't know. I feel like if they paid them well, you'd only developing a, develop a slave drinking problem. Okay, so I bought like five things off Amazon today, and okay. it's like I really hate Amazon, but it's like I can't buy these things anywhere else. Well, it's super convenient. They, but it's not even convenient. It's like I literally cannot buy these things other places. Oh, but I too. I went to three different toy stores looking for a slide whistle, and it's how, like how, how does toy stores not sell slide whistles? I don't know. And so I'm thinking about my gas money and my time, and it's like in hindsight, I should have just gone to Amazon. Yeah, or called ahead. I guess. Um, I can't buy Amiibos because I don't know if the store is going to get it enough or not, so I have to pre-order them on Amazon. Yeah. It's like, uh Have you seen the SpongeBob episode with the slide whistle? Yes. That's a good one. They bought they put a slide whistle uh toy in World of Warcraft. Oh really? Where if you use it, it'll go whoop and if you click on it again, it'll go whoo. But what's funny is the secret use of it is if you use it once, it puts like an invisible buff on you. And when you die, it goes Oh really? And so it's really funny when a raid wipes, and then you just hear a bunch of slide whistles go off at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We're at an hour two. Did we fill? Did we? We didn't have that many silent, silent but deadly parts of this. No, I don't think so. Um, uh, Alexa, edit podcast. Thank you. This is a good show. I think this one was all right. Um, looks like we got just enough time for Glad Space. Is there anything you're glad about, Chad, about? Yeah, I don't think I talked about this last week, but I'm watching... It's another YouTube channel, and it's one that a lot of people have probably heard because the videos get millions of views each, but it's called uh, Kirtzgesagt, or in a nutshell. And it's animated, cartoon, science-y stuff, like, uh, talk about black holes, uh, a lot of a lot of existential angst, uh, rise of machines, and why automation is going to just kill us all, and uh, ju- just a lot of like science stuff, uh, sci-fi leaning stuff, and then uh, everybody's going to die one day, and the Earth is going to get exploded, and 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 very dark, dreadful things that evidently I I like. So it, it's a really really great channel. I love the animation. There's a lot. It's very cute. Usually there's like birds. Bad things happen to the birds, and the, the narrator has a bit of an English accent, I think. He's a very pleasant voice. So yeah, I, I recommend that. It's very good. That's a good one. What was that name again? Uh, in a nutshell, is the English, otherwise Kirschgesagt. And that's on YouTube? German, yep. And YouTube it's free. is a URL you can type in to your address bar? Uh-huh. All right. What about you? You glad for anything? Yeah, I'm glad. They made a sequel to River City Ransom for some reason. And it's, like, really good. <laughs> oh, nice. Like, have you seen it? No. Um, I thought the art was really good, and then the animation on the sprites is really good. And then they put out a trailer, and, like, the anime opening music is really good. And then I'm reading all these reviews, and it turns out the gameplay is good. And it's like, I didn't know that we needed a River City sequel, but... They pulled it off really, really well. So, River nice. City Girls, it's on everything. Um, you can listen to the soundtrack for free on YouTube. Just leave that on in the background while you're doing stuff. Um, you, you like the soundtracks. Yeah. Oh, speaking of games, freaking! I guess Gears of War 5 came out this week. All right. Like, I thought that would be a bigger deal, and then I, I so, didn't find out until, like, after it came out. I'm hearing grossly mixed reviews. That sucks. Um, which I think it kind of depends on what you want out of the game, but like 
Donkey already put up a video of his multiplayer experience, and it's like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to play this because this is everything I didn't like about three. Sure. Where, like, I don't know what it is with their server tech, but it's like two people look at each other, and you both pull your shotguns, and you both die. But it doesn't yeah, look like you've like actually connected. And but they also have this like annoying, um, like loot box system. Oh no! Where there's like simple things, like I guess <laughs> apparently you get like voice lines that the character will say when you're MVP at the end of a game. Okay. And so the default for every single character is to just say "Hey." And so, like, Donkey's video is funny because it's, like, at the end of each game and just a character shows up on screen and they go, hey, and stand there, like, really rigid because no one's unlocked all the cool voice lines yet and the cool poses. And so it's, like, it takes away from the fun in a way. (laughs) I'm sure after everyone plays for a month, you'll see the variety. I like the idea of loot boxes and I like, um, like, I've always liked collecting trading cards and it's fun when... When you have a limited budget, so you get like one pack of cards and you got the Charizard and your friend has the Bulbasaur or whatever. And it's kind of fun to compare what you guys ended up with. But it's only fun once you have different things. Yeah. So launch day when everyone's saying hey, it kind of ruins the the fun of the random variety. <laughs> See, I don't play Gears of War for the multiplayer at all. So I'm going, I hope. I hope the writing is is slightly better than four. Four was I heard, fine. I heard There's... the story is much better than four. Okay, but also it's a very um. I heard it's a better experience when you play co-op, and I also don't know that there's split screen co-op or not. I believe there is. Okay, I don't think there um, was on the last one, and that that there, upset there a lot of people. Four. No, you're thinking Halo. Okay, was that Halo? Yep. Okay, I. See, I, once I went to PlayStation, it's like I'm done with the Microsoft stuff. And then it seemed like the Microsoft stuff was getting worse reviews with time. So it's like, I made the right choice. Yeah. But I'm, I'm hearing this is better than 4. I liked 4. My problem with 4 is that it was it started off as very funny, and the characters were kind of cartoonish. And then at a certain point, it kind of just changed its tone real hard. It's it's also it's weird cuz there's like there's Terminator DLC and there's Halo DLC. Yeah. And it's like I to some extent I like when things are fun. So who cares? But at the same time I kind of want to appreciate the setting. Like yeah. the, the most fun I had with Gears of War was I want to say when 2 was out. Two is my favorite one. Where it felt like, man, they got nowhere to go but up. This is so great. I love everything about this. I love the characters. I love the design. I love all the monsters. Um, it, I feel like the multiplayer worked a little better, and it somehow got worse in 3. And that's when they started sure. putting in all the cosmetic stuff. Like, you can pay extra for lightning bolts. And it's like, okay. Yeah, I remember there's a scene in Gears of War 4 that it always sticks out with me because there's an elevator, and it's... A little f- further than halfway through the game, you're still expecting some jokes and stuff. And like, we're good. That this elevator descends into hell, and then they just like look at each other, then get in the elevator and go down. And I was like, that's such a fucking awful line. And I was waiting for one of the other guys to go. I guess we're taking the hell elevator, because that would have been amazing. I would have laughed so hard, and it would have been really on brand with like the other humor early on in the game. And I was like, why? Why did no one say that? Why? Why not continue? Like, adding humor to Gears of War is fine. The characters are so big and muscular and machismo and they sweat bullets. And, you know, it's stupid. Like, it's totally fine for them to make fun of what's going on. Oh, well. I like the scene in 3 where there's, like, all the football sound effects. Oh, yeah. That was... That's a cool scene. That was cool because it was kind of funny, but it was also very telling of just, like, how the world is now. (laughs) Where you have to enjoy these kind of moments. And it's just, that was like, that was what was so smart about Gears of War. I love how like overly masculine everything is and super macho and like chainsaw guns with blood coming out. <laughs> but also there were smart elements to it. Yeah. Um, I like one of the, the glory kills you can do now is you pin somebody down, but you can just like keep mashing the button to punch them like indefinitely. <laughs> like it's kind of, there's stuff like that that's fun. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad that they're they're doing a pretty good job. I I didn't think we'd ever see a good Gears game after, um, Judgment. 
yeah, Judgment's the name of it. Is that the one you play as like the one guy that's blonde? Yep. Like everyone's least favorite character. Baird. I call him Sid from Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> I don't mind Baird. I, I don't mind him either, but I He's an asshole. I do call him Sid from Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I remember me and Matthew like. He's not going to want to lead a game. He he plays better off of the cast. He's a good part of the team. Yeah. So starring role. <sighs> Ten minutes out of gears. Look at us. You want to head out? Uh, Say goodbye to the listeners. Oh yes, I do. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye, listeners. Um, oh, here's here's my favorite song, the theme song to Nutshack. Yeah. But it's not